Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. And in the world of paranormal news, next Thursday, the 18th, and I'm super excited about this, another Ghostbuster video game is being thrown into the world of Ghostbuster fans. Now, I'm excited because not only is another Ghostbuster game coming out, it is a day off for me. So I will download the game and play pretty much all day. It is a game that's a co-op game. You go into a lobby with three other Ghostbusters and yourself, and you play against the competitor that gets to play as a ghost. And it is your job to bust the ghost and work together. And it is a great concept, and it's something that is modern now with multiplayer games online. And in the world of Ghostbuster fans, this is something that I believe we all wanted. That comes out next week. It's called Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Super excited for that. And that comes out on Tuesday the 18th, which is next week, uh, next week October 18th. Um, asteroid that hit the Earth millions of years ago. This report from scientists. The asteroid that killed the dinosaurs reportedly triggered a month-long mega earthquake. So, a new study... Herman Bermudez of Montclair St. University has revealed that impacts from the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs may have caused weeks, if not months, of long interrupted, non-interrupted earthquakes. And that report you can find on IGN, D-O-T-C-O-M, on Instagram, IGN.com. So to this day, millions and billions of years later, we are still finding out details of the extinction of the dinosaurs. And not only are we finding out things about the dinosaurs on how they died and how they lived and how they looked, we are still uncovering bones and amber and things like that from the time that these giant creatures walked around the world. Now, I didn't have this in my news for this morning, but... I woke up to the news that COVID, the Pfizer COVID vaccine makers were on a trial of some sort or a hearing and openly admitted that the process to creating the vaccines was had to be quick. And they openly admitted that the transmission for the vaccine wasn't going to be stopped. Basically, if you got the vaccine, it wasn't going to stop the transmission of COVID. So basically... And as we can see, if you you know really just look at the results of the vaccine, people that gotten the first and second shot and even three or four shots, which would be the boosters, are still catching COVID. But now at this point in time, thankfully, COVID is not as potent as it once was when it came about in March, February of 2020. So in a nutshell, the Pfizer makers, CEO, And everyone literally lied. That's what it comes down to, lied about the vaccine. And where you see this fine line is it was a money-making scheme. So with this news, I next week I will be definitely doing a episode, uh, a conspiracy episode about COVID-19. Um, I'm at a point where I have to, I feel I have to talk about it. I I touched on it on a, on an episode of free talk paranormal, but it has to be spoken about. This is crazy news. Um, you know, I feel like people have gotten duped basically into getting this thing and it, it, it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. People still catch COVID. There's people at my job currently still catching COVID, um, 
And it, it just makes you think, like, if they knew all this, why did they push it fast so forward? Why did the government, cities, and states mandate it for you to keep your job? People, thousands of people, thousands, thousands of people lost their job because they refused to put something in their body. And ultimately, they felt uncomfortable about it, and they were ultimately right. And now we see months or almost a year later, the mandates have been dropped because news and things have gotten out. And now we're at the point where you know, COVID is kind of hush-hush, monkeypox, actually, that little uptick of things went the way of the dodo, and now we are here hearing multiple things about the vaccine, including this news that came out this morning, that it does cause mitocarditis, that it does cause side effects, and now news stations such as, I listen to WFAN Sports Radio nonstop, and I always hear a commercial on WFAN, and including 104.3, which is a rock station, classical rock, uh, reports that COVID affected people that were over the age of 50, if you had pre-existing illnesses, asthma, overweight, um, and other illnesses such as that. Something that had been said in the beginning that fact-checkers called misinformation, and now year two later, it is now not misinformation, it is in fact. So what was going on? Why were we being uh, shadow banned and banned from saying certain things when we were in fact right? And now all of a sudden, two years later, all the information that the quote-unquote conspiracy theorists were saying um, is is not misinformation anymore. It is now fact. So we're going to get into that next week, 110% uh, on that episode. But for today, we're going into straight paranormal and demonic dolls. And everybody has heard of the Annabelle doll. But this is something that I came across in the last week and a half. It is October. We are like 16 days, I believe, or 17 days away from Halloween, something to that extent. And the Discovery Plus app is basically the treasure chest, as I always say, to paranormal content, aliens, UFOs, so on and so forth. And they have this new thing this year upon the app, within the app, that's called Boo Fest or Oktoberfest, which basically is specials that come out every week that you can watch leading up to Halloween. And one of the things I stumbled across was Robert the Doll. Now, I am, I would like to say, someone that is, you know, very knowledgeable in paranormal. Um, my listeners and some of my family and friends may or may not say I, I know my stuff and I come on here and I try to talk about it, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, I never heard of Robert the Doll. So I was curious about it and watched the trailer first. And the trailer was saying that this is possibly one of the most possessed or haunted dolls in the United States of America. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to give this a listen and uh, or a view and watch it. And I turned it on and started watching it. And it was a very well done documentary. I highly recommend it. So the doll originally belonged to Robert Eugene Otto. Now, keep in mind, his name is Robert Eugene Otto. He was a um, an artist described as an eccentric who belonged to a prominent Key West family. The doll was manufactured in Steve Company of Germany, purchased by Otto's grandfather, while on a trip to Germany in 1904 and given to young Otto as a birthday gift. The doll originally had a sailor suit, which was likely the outfit and odd that Otto wore as a child. Now, what ended up happening actually was in the show, they, they show that it, it did not originally have a sailor suit. Um, 
Robert Eugene Otto, at a young age, actually swapped out the clothes of the doll. It was originally in some kind of other suit, and he put this sailor suit on it. He took a liking to this doll very very quickly. In the documentary, they depicted uh, Robert getting the doll, and he had other birthday gifts. He got it at a birthday, you know, for his birthday. And he had other gifts yet to open. And when he got the doll, he instantly took a liking to it. And within a few weeks or a couple of days, he swapped out the clothes and liked this doll so much that he changed the clothing. And when he received the doll, basically stopped opening every other gift and just went and focused straight onto the doll, took it to his room and continued to play with it. The doll remained in the store in stored in the Otto family since at 534 Easton Street in Kelly West while Ohio uh, Otto studied in art in New York and Paris. So the doll remained there until he became of an age where he went to go actually study. He married Annette Parker in Paris while he was there. So I'm reading from Wikipedia. So when Otto got this this doll he took a liking to it. He changed the clothes, the whole nine. But a lot of odd things happened. So now I'll go into paraphrasing the story based on the documentary. He liked this doll. He changed the clothes, like I said. And he took an odd liking to this doll. Very, very odd. Um, within a week, his mother saw him talking to the doll and really into the playing, like playing with it. He was really having full-out conversations with the doll. He was having tea parties. At that day, at that age, in the early 1900s, 1904, all the way up until 1920 and 30, the toys wasn't really the biggest thing. So having a doll, yes, even as a boy, was a was uh, an extravagancy. It was a very big thing. The doll he played with, it was, you know... One of the things that boys played with was a doll, and it was a it was a major thing, especially the size of the doll. So his mother noticed him having elaborate conversations, tea parties, bringing him everywhere to bed, to the bathroom, in downstairs, outside the whole nine. So at the end of the day, it was very you know he had a, a, his mom and dad thought that he had an elaborate imagination. What ended up happening was in another couple of weeks and keep and kept going the. Otto family realized that he had too much of a conver- uh, of a liking to the doll. He ended up taking it to bed and at night his mom would come to the bedroom and hear conversations while he was supposed to be in bed. And his mom would open the door and say, hey, who are you talking to? And Robert Eugene Otto would say, I'm just talking to Robert. Me and him are having a conversation. When his mom was listening from the other side of the door, he would act, she would actually hear another voice at times. So she would really think that someone was in the room with him, not just the doll, a non, you know, a non-live object. So she'd hear these conversations and hear another voice open the door and think that Robert had someone else in the room with him and it was just him and the doll. So that started to get a little weird. Um, but other things started happening too, not just hearing a voice of someone that wasn't in the room when it was just Robert Eugene Otto and his doll Robert. There was a time where his mom came across to across them playing in a room in this beautiful house. So their house was in Key West, Florida. And she went to Robert and said, Hey, Robert, I need you to do something. And she, he would look up to his mom and say, my name is not Robert no more. It's Jean. 
And his mom looked at him and says, no, your, your name is Robert. No, I gave the name Robert to the doll. And my name is Gene. So Robert essentially gave his full name to this doll and took his middle name, Gene, and dubbed his new name, new sure name, Gene, and gave his name Robert to the doll. So his mom, playing along with her son, was like, okay, Gene, well, I need you and Robert to pause from what you're doing and take care of what I'm asking you to take care of. Now, in the world of paranormal, when you give your sure name or invite in that aspect by giving your name to an inanimate object, you're kind of welcoming certain things. So when this happened fairly early in the stages of the relationship with Robert and the doll, um, well, Gene and Robert the doll, that's when paranormal activity picked up. The Otto family was wealthy and they had people, caretakers around the house. The caretakers apparently were witnesses to paranormal activity um, along the lines of things were getting knocked over. They were getting blamed for it, but the caretakers would tell Mrs. Otto that, no, this, this wasn't us. We were cleaning after it. We found broken, a broken cup, broken, a broken vase, and it wasn't us. And there was reports of the caretakers actually seeing the doll moving. One of the caretakers was a female. And she had her daughter, who would stay with her as she took care of the house. And the this this little side story, this you'll see this in the documentary, that the father, Mr. Otto, had a relationship with this caretaker. Now, I don't know how true it is or how relevant it is to the actual story of Robert the Doll, but just keep that in mind. But at one point, this female caretaker did a kind of spell or voodoo-esque spell on this doll because the paranormal activity that she was witnessing, including the other caretakers, was getting a little extreme. These caretakers were getting blamed for things happening around the house, from things being broken, from things being misplaced, to the son, Robert Eugene Otto, acting out. So this one particular caretaker took it upon herself to do, from her culture, it might have been Creole or um, another type of, of culture that did type that type of magic, apparently did something to the doll. And um, it didn't really help the doll's activity, quote-unquote paranormal activity, but essentially escalated the issues. Now, tons of things happened with this doll, um, but when Robert Eugene Otto, now at this point known as Jean Otto, he went out to Paris. He was studying in Paris. He wanted to be an artist. Like, this was her, his thing. So the doll remained in Key West while Otto went to Paris and New York to do everything. He ended up meeting Annette Parker in Paris of May 3rd of 1930. She was a very well-known singer and actress in Paris. The couple returned to the Otto family home from Paris. After they met, they were in Paris. They went to New York, pursue a career. The depression hit, so Jean's career kind of took a pause. 
her career was kind of good. She was performing in certain places and theaters and everything. They had gotten word that Jean's mother was ill and they had to essentially go back to Key West to tend to the mother. Um, the mother died in Key West and they took it upon themselves to remain in Key West in their home. And things happened then when he unboxed where he unboxed Robert the doll that he had kept him in a like a, in a lockbox when he came back he unlocked the box and refound the love that he had for this odd doll and his wife Annette Parker started hearing the same things his mother once heard conversations in other rooms between him and the doll and hearing other voices and apparently actually saw the doll staring at her or moving his head. Now what ended up happening is they had this great relationship but it started to dwindle and they were seen as the greatest family or couple ever but this doll apparently took a a weight on their relationship and it went on and on and on. Now eventually Gene Otto which was formerly known as Robert Jean Otto before giving his name to Robert the doll. He ended up getting, I believe, Alzheimer's and Otto died in 1974. Shortly after Robert Jean Otto died in 1974, his wife died two years later of pancreatic cancer. After the deaths, the Eaton Street home containing the doll was sold to the Myrtle Reuter family who owned it for 20 years until the property was sold to the current owners who now operate it as a guest house. Now the family that took over after the autos were vacated the home due to, you know, death and passing away. The little side story about that was the doll was found and the new Myrtle Reuter family started to have paranormal activity and if you watch the documentary, the father to that family ended up dying in a accident. He was found in his car and died of inhaling the, the fumes, the carbon dioxide of the car. And the story is he killed himself, but the family believed that the doll that the daughter ended up finding when they took over the house that was left there, just left. The doll was left in the room. She started playing with the doll and weird things happened. And then eventually this new family that moved into the Otto family house in Key West, Florida, had the paranormal activity and then within time lost their father. So in 1994, the doll was soon donated to the East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida, where it became a popular tourist attraction. Now, getting into this. The doll is in this museum now, and the there's a person who wrote a documentary that, when you watch the documentary, um, you'll see him and everything he's researched. He firmly believes that the doll is highly possessed, and when he started to do this documentary, the curse of Robert the doll played factors on him. Now, I'm going to try to find his name real quick. Um, so, let me see here. Just 
bear with me. So this person did this documentary. The doll was, was put into this museum. So let's start actually with the, um, the doll being in this museum in Key West. The people in the museum actually started off by putting the doll in storage until certain things started happening. There was a plumber that was apparently called into the museum to fix some piping and so on. And um, he said that upon fixing what he needed to fix in the museum, he had turned around and the doll was staring at him. He ran out, told them what happened. And the next morning when the caretakers of the museum came in, Robert the doll was perfectly fine, stashed away in the storage room in a box. So eventually the paranormal activity kept on happening where they put Robert the doll in a glass box and put him on display with all the details of how he came about and the family. Now, the Otto family was well known in Key West, so the Otto family had a lot to do with the the community in the area of Key West, so having that doll there was basically a piece of history for that area. So they put him on display, and that's when the museum personnel and people that came to view the doll started also noticing certain things happening when people came to visit the doll. Reports of visitors consist of seeing the doll move, having a eerie feeling, paranormal um, instruments would go off around the doll, pictures were taken and there'd be blurriness or the doll would be out of position. Um, in the morning coming in, the doll would have dirty feet and there'd be footprints around the floor as if the doll had somehow got out of the cage and walked around or out of the glass box and walked around the museum. But the the most talked about thing on this documentary is how people would go there and there needed to be a protocol in order to see Robert the doll or even take a picture. The first thing that the museum personnel um, would tell people is when you go there, you had to ask permission for you to take pictures of Robert the doll. You had to greet him. You had to ask permission to take pictures. You could not down talk him or say anything negative to him. And the most important thing before you left was you had to say goodbye. The museum now receives thousands of letters in a year of people apologizing to Robert because they did not follow the protocol of meeting this quote-unquote cursed doll. And on the documentary, people that have actually visited Robert will say to you, will say that I didn't follow the steps and this, this happened. And things like family members dying or passing away, car accidents, loss of jobs, sicknesses and illnesses, and other misfortunes. So, is this doll from the Otto family, once owned by Robert Eugene Otto, later known as just Gene Otto because he gave his name Robert to this doll, is this doll actually haunted? So, now I'm going to go into debunking mode and playing both sides of the fence. Now, if you are a repeat listener and you've listened to my podcast since the beginning, in season one, I did an episode about curses. And within that episode, I talked about superstitions and other things. And are they actually 
factual. Do these things really exist? I've spoke about the curse of Tutankhamun, um, walking under ladders, seeing black cats, and flipping a coin, picking coins up from the floor if it's on heads or tails. They're really, from what I looked into before I, I filmed this episode, wasn't any other story about Robert the Dahl. The doll came from Germany. His grandfather bought him the doll and he gave it to him. And the boy took a liking to this doll. Now, the paranormal activity that happened to the Otto family from the early 1900s, uh, from 1904 up until 1930, could be, you know, maybe explained logically. The boy could have been mischievous and had done things. He could have, in fact knocked over cups and glasses and broke things around the house and blamed it on the doll because he, in fact, was being mischievous. And the amount of defiance and being that way could have made the mom and dad super stressed that possibly they thought this doll was doing things or the doll was, you know, uh, possessed at some point. You can go into the fact that maybe there was some slight paranormal activity. The poltergeist phenomenon that happens in paranormal activity is usually um, there's two definitions to being to, to defining poltergeist activity. One of which is it happens with a girl growing up, going through changes, and um, there's an acceleration in activity based on her going through these, you know changes. I don't think I have to elaborate with that. Um, and that part of the poltergeist theory could actually play into this young boy that he had such a strong connection that there was some kind of psych psychic power or elevation in within him between him and the doll and actually caused things to happen. Um, or the family just thought it into existence. Now, this is what I'm going with. I, I honestly wish I would I had time and I had you know a regular weekend uh, off job where I was off Saturdays and Sundays and was able to you know take time and do things because I would personally fly to Florida. My aunt does have a house out there in Key West, and I would go to this museum and 100% undoubtedly see this doll. Um, but I can't because this is the real world and I'm lucky I can film a podcast. But personally, what I think is happening is that the history of this doll is so profound. And once they put this doll in the museum and the um, guidelines were made and the museum were, warns people about this doll. Number one, it's a huge attraction for this museum that has other things in it that is just basically history within the area of that of Key West. Um so this doll is maybe, in my opinion, one of the reasons why so many people go there to see this doll. So in, in putting a mysterious history and, you know, paranormal um, feel to this doll, people will go there and it now becomes a major attraction within this museum. So now when you tell people that it's possibly haunted and there's these rules you have to follow and you tell them all the things that have happened within the history of this doll, you're essentially putting it into people's heads that this doll may be haunted. And people will go there and see the doll and follow the rules and they know subconsciously, I follow the rules, nothing is going to happen. I said hello to Robert. I said he looks nice today. I asked permission to take a photo 
And when I left, I asked, I said goodbye, Robert. And I followed all the rules and nothing happened because self-consciously you were told what to do. You did it. So now when you go home and you travel out of Florida or if you live in Florida, you go back home, everything is perfectly fine. But if you're gullible um, and you might have missed one of the rules and bad things start to happen, you're going to go revert right back to the scenario that you went to go see Robert the doll and everything bad that happens from that point on, you're going to blame on seeing Robert the doll. And then you're going to be one of these people that got duped into believing this, that you're sending letters to this Key West place, this museum in Key West and writing Robert a doll a letter saying, I apologize for not saying goodbye to you. I apologize for not asking permission. Now, in the documentary, there was a person that he went with his wife. He didn't believe in any of this and he did all this stuff and things happened to him. He lost his job. He got into a car accident and ultimately he was one of the people that wrote the letter to Robert the doll apologizing. I don't think this this doll is... I think there's a lot to it history-wise, but I certainly don't think the doll is haunted because there's not enough history, in my opinion, or evidence to really say why would this doll be possessed, except for the story of the caretaker doing some kind of ritual on it. Besides from that, what what possibly happened? The doll had a relationship with a kid until essentially the, the, the adult, the Robert Eugene Otto, grew up and died. He reconnected with this doll. That's a story. And before he died and ended up having relationship issues with his wife because of the doll. But this is all hearsay um, and witness stories. But I honestly think this falls into the category of what I once spoke about on one of my other episodes in season one is believing that something is haunted. Now, personally, because I'm not a full-on practicing Catholic, but talking to an inanimate object, asking permission and writing letters to it, it's not really a, you know, a Catholic thing to do. It's actually against one of the commandments. But I honestly think that going in there, if you're gullible enough to believe this is actually cursed and things start to happen, what you are doing to yourself is is giving yourself an excuse on why these things are happening. Now, all the reports that people say happen because of Robert Dadal are the list of accidents, car accidents, illnesses, losing a job, being in debt, breakups, all that stuff, stuff that happens naturally. This is stuff that happens naturally. Okay, there, there, there may not be. A, there's no such thing as curses. There's like a one percent chance that curses are real. Things that are happening to these people are things that happen naturally. And what's happening is, think these things are occurring to these people that recently visited Robert the doll, and then they think back to why is this happening, and they find an excuse within the doll. And then they get suckered into writing these letters, which the museum ends up displaying. Okay, if they never went to see Robert the Doll, Robert the Doll, and these things ended up happening anyways, they wouldn't have an excuse, and they would just be like, "Oh, life's happening." Because you know, not not to sugarcoat it, life is hard, and you don't need an object that sits in a museum in Key West to blame for it. So if you have never seen Robert the Doll and things happen to you, like everything I listed that happens to these people that supposedly meet Robert the Doll, you're not, you don't have anybody to blame. But these people that see Robert the Doll that don't quote unquote follow the protocol use Robert the Doll as an excuse and the museum receives these letters, apologies. And apparently when they send the letter, things stop. 
Well, the things stop happening. All these bad things stop happening to you because you convinced yourself not only did the doll is doing stuff to you, but you convinced yourself that after you write this letter, everything is going to be fine. So essentially, Robert the doll is a great story. Okay, that's this doll now sits in Key West in a museum. But what it is, is it is the ultimate excuse to convince yourself bad things are happening and the ultimate excuse to write a letter to it to convince yourself why the bad things stopped happening. This is all a big mind game when it comes to curses, in my opinion. If you firmly believe in negativity, negativity will manifest itself. If you believe in positivity and think positive thoughts, things that are good will happen. If you think negative thoughts, negative things will happen. So thinking things into existence, like I say, it's mind over matter. Your mind is a powerful thing. If you convince yourself something is going to happen, it will happen. It's the same scenario with this doll from Germany that sits in this museum in Key West. It is the manifestation of your mind. If negative things, a story you hear and you believe the story, if you believe this doll is going to curse you, that's exactly what's going to happen. If you take Robert the doll out of the equation and it wasn't in this museum and these things started happening, the people that wrote these letters, if they never wrote the letter to Robert the doll and Robert the doll was never there, they would just say life happened. But because they came across Robert the doll, what ended up happening is they believed that their misfortunes was solely caused by this doll. And that's my opinion. Is the story of Robert the Doll a great paranormal story? Was it a good documentary? 110%. I enjoyed it. I watched the whole thing. It was a little freaky. The you know the actors they got to play out some of the stories was, was good. But do I think the doll is actually haunted and can curse you and give you misfortune? Absolutely not. It's mind over matter. And a majority of people that go there believing in this that don't follow the protocols and have misfortune. It is their own mind letting these things happen until they eventually apologize to a doll, an inanimate object, because that's exactly what it is. And that's just my opinion. But it's a great story. It's a good thing to have right in the Halloween time, but um, nothing close to reports of the Annabelle doll that caused tons of things, including a franchise of movies to come out after it. So it's a good story. So if you want to look at it, it is on Discovery Plus on the Travel Channel app and you go into it and click Robert the Doll and you can see the documentary by uh, for yourself and you can give your own opinion. But that's my take of Robert the Doll. So this has been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. I'd like to thank all my listeners and I'd like to thank the Anchor app for giving me the opportunity to have this paranormal podcast and talk about a doll named Robert. And if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the free app that gives you all the tools you need to give your get your own podcast out there and get you on outlets like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other outlets. If you're looking for me on social media, you can find me at SWAB underscore podcast, which is short for the Say What Again Billy podcast on Instagram. You can DM me for ideas or even talk to me on there about latest episodes. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast.